That was fucking gold as well. Um, see your microphone, by the way, is it scratching against your chin or something? Oh, probably. Is that better? Aye. That's better, oh, aye. You're not, you're not a fucking shave, you tramp. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I might need to edit that one out. That's too <laughs> Steve Bond. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> see, if you invite the boy three slow down on the end, he can't even fucking control oh. himself. Shocker. I know. I'll, I'll describe this person. <laughs> Not lazy, <laughs> useless, idiot, vindictive, moron, arsehole of a person. That's not a way to talk about Dave like that. <laughs> you've, not, <laughs> you've, you've not really not narrowed it down, you and <laughs> <it> perfectly <laughs> honest. Right, guys, I'm going to hit go some bursting for a pish, as usual. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? Derek, I am still in Wonderland mate. I'm absolutely fantastic. Champion, he's champion, <laughs> It's just been absolutely fantastic, hasn't it? Just over the last uh, week and a bit, it's still quite incredible to think that we've still got all these games to go, and yet we're still champions. It's just, it's just fantastic, and got a lot to talk about, and I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely, it's, it's our first main podcast as being league champions as well, isn't it? So it's, it's certainly a special occasion all round. It is, mate. See, you know, it was good that we managed to get a re-reaction pod out as well, but this being the sort of main one after it, it's, uh, it's just a pity. It's been such, uh, you know, we've not, not been able to do it near the time, but as usual, just with work and stuff like that, it's been uh, impossible to do. So, no, I'm just glad that we're able to talk about it and quite incredible. So it's, it's, it's been a long time coming, mate, and it's just uh, it's, it's, it's great to, to talk about it. It really is. Yep. And to celebrate that, we've got a guest, Dave. Do you want to do the honours? Yes, we have a man who we have spoken about a lot on the podcast before. He is the man that we uh, affectionately know as the John Eustace of the I Ready podcast. <laughs> a man who has given his input many a times. We did have him on and with technical difficulties, we weren't able to uh, record the pod. So finally, we've got him on. It's a good friend from East Lothian. as my main man, Ewan. How are you doing, pal? I'm doing great. I am happy to be brought on tonight as the uh, person with the, the the eye candy with the hot takes. <laughs> Basically, I'm I'm the I'm the I ready podcast equivalent of Francis for for Justice Tim's. <laughs> the, the, the only the only um, there's only some small differences between me and her, mainly uh, thirty two teeth. <laughs> But not delighted to be on. I was uh, desperate to come on because what a time to be a Rangers fan, eh? It certainly is, mate. It's just, it's, it's still, I, I still can't quite believe it. It's, uh, it's just been a brilliant, you know, week, week and a half. And like I, I said before, it's a, a long time coming, mate. It really has. Yeah, and uh, I just want to, just for, before we get up, up and running fully, I just obviously would want to take this opportunity to 
wish a happy St. Patrick's Day to all the, the Irish listeners out there. Um, top of the morning to you all. Uh, you're a great bunch of lads. And go and, and 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 going by the huge amount of Irish people that there was uh, and co- co- congregating in a park in Glasgow today, there must be absolutely thousands and thousands of them there as well. But it's a shame that there was nothing on any, any of the news or anything like that. But I'm sure that we'll, we'll, we'll get into other events linked to that later on in the podcast, Derek. Absolutely. It's an action-packed podcast tonight. Obviously, we've got our reaction to everything that's happening. We've got three games to cover. Obviously, Livingston at St Mirren and the first leg against Slavia Prague. We've got all the fallout, all the reaction and a lot more news to come. So, we better go down the tunnel and onto the park. So before we get started in, in anything just now, we obviously have to wish Walter Smith a, a, a speedy recovery. Obviously, there was a lot of rumours floating about there. A lot of disgraceful comments as well, and a dis- lot of disgraceful rumours, and people thinking they were in the know. Uh, it forced Ranger's hand, and I think the family's hand as well. He's obviously been for an operation, and he's uh, recovered now. Nobody knows what's the actual extent of it, but we hope it's nothing too serious, and certainly get well soon, Walter. Definitely, Derek, I couldn't say any better myself I just wish him a, a, a speedy recovery I'm sure every single Rangers fan out there is exactly the same I, I, Absolutely uh, get, get well soon Sir Walter um, I mean guy, guys your age I mean obviously Dave you're a wee bit older but um, <laughs> Ken, <laughs> Walter Smith is, is Rangers do you know what I mean and uh, wish him all the best so obviously just to start off before we get into the actual main games is um, I think we've got to go for how, how we're taking this because I was a, an absolute emotional wreck you know, throughout last weekend uh, or two weekends ago. Um, on the Sunday obviously Celtic drew 0-0 at Dundee United. Completely ironic again that we technically won the title at Dundee United's ground. Um, just, yep. just amazing there. Uh, the Lark yep. Call RSC I think it was, they had a plane fly, a banner over Tanadai saying can you see us now during that game as well. Smoke devices launched into the stadium on the 55th minute. They were orange and black, mind you, so nothing to do with us, clearly. <laughs> exactly, um, yep. Just yep. emotional. There was tears flowing. Uh, it never really sunk in until maybe kind of later on last week, where it just the realisation that it's actually happened. I, I don't know what you were like, but I was, I was a wreck. I kind of had a feeling uh, on the Sunday that we were going to do it. I was I was hoping, like I told everyone, that Celtic would actually win and it would give us the opportunity to win the championship after a game. Uh, it wasn't to be. I had a feeling it would be like that. And at the end of the game, actually, I was I was quite not su- subdued, but I, I know uh, used to had a good few shandies to celebrate. I just had a couple because I really wanted to relish it. I sat on uh, Rangers TV, I watched every single interview that there was, fan reaction on Twitter and Facebook and just, you know, loads of messages from family and friends and my my brother as well. And it was just it was it was just a, a, a great day for me just to sit there and, and just really enjoy it. Uh, but I know used to Alkies went and got absolutely blitzed to celebrate, didn't you? <laughs> I certainly, certainly did. I mean, my excuse was it was my birthday two days before, so and I'd been working uh, on the Friday and Saturday, so I hadn't had a chance to have a drink for my my, my birthday. I feel like right. so. Right. Ah, right. Okay. When when I when I got up after my night shift on the on the Sunday, it was about ten minutes into the game. 
So I sat and watched it, which, well, I say sat. I think for uh, for most of the second half, I was probably pacing about up and down. Um, but I what what a feeling when the 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 final whistle went. It's uh, something we've all experienced many times before, but not for a not for a long time. And uh, it was just uh, it was great. Like uh, Derek said, there was a few a few tears shed, and uh, aye, a few shandies had to to celebrate. I mean, my dad's a staunch McEwen's export fan. He's he's a beer drinker. He asked a bottle of champagne that day, so I think that kind of I think that says it all. But the, I mean, the, obviously, the the videos that we've seen from the players in Okinawa at Ibrox uh, in the, the the dressing room, uh, fans gathered there uh, celebrating outside. Rangers did tease a video of the players at, when the full time whistle went, and it was meant to be coming out that same day. However, it hasn't yet, and that's maybe possibly it's been pulled just now to re-edit due to the absolutely ridiculous fallout from the, the celebrations but we'll, we'll get into that in, in due course as we, we cover the games yeah. because uh, it was a kind of a stage thing and it's it wasn't just one big celebration was it so um, the first game we've got to cover was on Wednesday the 3rd of March it was a 1-0 win away against Livingston in the Premiership two changes from the Antwerp game Patterson in for the injured Balogun and Harfield in for Hadji we lined up McGregor Patterson Goldson Hellander Barisic Davis Kamara Kent Arfield, Aribo and Morelis on the subs bench were McLaughlin, Bassey, Simpson, Hadji, Defoe, Itten, Zungu, Wright and Stewart. So a lot of controversy in the game. The, the, the first half itself was really scrappy. It was a poor game from both teams. The pitch, obviously artificial pitch, playing its part as well. It was very sticky. The ball pretty much was dead bouncing any time that the ball did b- try to bounce. We had plenty of possession but we were really doing little with it. Eighth minute, Livingston with a shot from distance, but it was on the deck and well wide. Twenty-eight ninth minute, Aribo gets a break of the ball on the right and getting the ball into the box, takes it towards goal, hits a shot at a tight angle and into a packed box, deflected off the boot of the defender and the keeper puts out for the corner. Thirty-third minute, corner in from the left from Barisic, a good powerful header by Hellander, but it was just over the bar. Thirty-fifth minute, a cross from the left side from Livingston after some good control and play, whipped across the goal. The Livingston attacker got a skiff to it, the ball continues to the back post. The Hacker gets his leg to it and put it out uh, for a goal kick. Really dangerous that, and they had they probably had the better chances up until that point as well. With I said, as you say, it was it was like a bitsy sort of first half, eh? And Livingston did have slightly more chances, but it was it was really just a, a stop start game. I would still say that we were sort of more in control of the match without really doing anything. Certainly, I thought Aribo was like a sort of only outlet at that point. I was looking for a lot more in the game because I think we all knew it was going to be a tough, tough match for us. But you know, just just like you said, it wasn't there there wasn't much going in the match at all and Livingston maybe just having the you you know the edge and chances at that point. Uh, I think it was a it was a difficult game as well for, for the players because I I mean I, I know it gets talked about all the time but that that pitch when any time they try and keep keep the ball in the deck it either doesn't run Far enough, or it runs off to the side, or and then when it when the ball's up in the air, nobody can predict what it's going to do because when it bounces, it's like it's like a ball bounce, bouncing up a hill. Yeah. It's just shocking. It's like and try to get a handle on the games. And I mean, obviously, for 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 teams like Livingston, obviously that 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 plays to their advantage. But I it was uh, I, I think either team was really making any sort of clear cut gains in the game. But I I'd probably agree with Dave that we did did maybe just just. We're starting to sort of edge it a wee bit. 
36 minute, the first moment of major controversy. There was a long ball into the box for Morelos. The keeper dives down and makes contact with him. Morelos was inexplicably booked for diving. Even Andy Walker said it was a penalty. Crocker said Morelos' reaction was bizarre. Morelos basically just got up and walked away. I mean, if you could see any agenda there, then that's a laid bare right there from Crocker. It was uh, just like what you said there, absolutely ridiculous for Crocker. What's he want Morelos to do? Just get up and fucking hook the referee because he never gave it. You know, it was as clear as clear as a penalty as, as, as you can get. And as you say, Morelos got up. I think he just looked more disgusted than anything else. You know, that it wasn't a penalty for one, but the fact that he got booked was just farcical. It really was. Uh, I mean, in fairness, I did want Morelos to get up and hook the referee, but <laughs> um, I mean, it just made a complete cunt of it. Uh, the, the, the ref and, and the fact that there's a there's a linesman on the, the the near side that's got a clear view of that, and he can't say say to beat. And by the way, that's that's a stonewall penalty. Like uh, it's just baffling, um, yep. and you can understand uh, any of the 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 reactions that happened. Uh, a wee while later at half time, um, it's I'm sure you'll you'll get into that, Derek. But aye, it's just it's just astonishing, and I just the, the standard of refereeing in this uh, this country is just it's uh, abysmal. Thirty seventh minute, Arfield with a shot just past the right post in a crowded box, and in the forty sixth minute, it was a free kick to us on the right from about twenty yards from the goal, and beaten blows for half time. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> 20 yards from goal, we get a free kick and he blows for half-time. I mean, for fuck's sake. Anyway, as you and alluded to, there there was uh, some stromash at half-time. It wasn't even really a stromash. It was, you know, it started off perfect and then because he refused to speak to him, uh, it kind of kicked off. Gerard was remonstrating with the ref as he was walking off. He stated it was fucking back out of order. Beaton says he can't speak to him just now. He says, speak to me inside. And as Gerard made the point, we're in different stands because of COVID, so how the hell can he speak to him? He's shown Gerard the yellow card. Gerard just shakes his head and walks away. Nothing else was said. Obviously, Beaton realised the cameras were pointing on him now, and unseen by Gerard, he shows him the, the red card. Quite incredible. I mean, as usual, referees try to make it about themselves. And this is not the first time Beaton has made issues with us. If you remember the, the WWE wrestling uh, spear that uh, Morelos got on him, a Hibs game a few years ago as well, and uh, Morelos got the yellow card. Uh, Beaton's had previous as well for not speaking to the referees. I think uh, Robbie Nielsen's just back from a ban as well from the exact same issue about communication. He's also made two howlers at the weekend. I don't know if you've seen it. I think it was at Ross County, I think it was. And he's made two howlers, yep. one for a dive and a penalty and one for, uh, I think, a, a, a should have been a stonewall red card. And he's, he's bottled it once again. I mean, when is the SFA going to take stock with with and deal with the referees? It's not fair on the players. It's not fair on the teams or the fans. And it's not even fair on the referees themselves because they're basically just covering up for their mistakes. The thing that got me was it was just it was a, it was the whole farcical way that it came about. You know, Gerard had walked away, as you say, had his back to him, so he wasn't aiming anything at him. You know, he, he'd said his piece, he walked away, and then he got the red card out. And it, it was, it was, I still can't quite believe it, because I sat and watched it, I thought, well, surely it's not a red card to Gerard because he's no standing next to him or in front of him. He had walked away. Is it another one of the backroom team that he sent off? But no, it was Gerard. It was just, it was just complete farcical to me, the whole the whole thing. I actually had, I must have sort of looked away for, for the screen for a second when the red card was shown. Um, and it wasn't until we heard whether it was Walker or 
Crocker one one either of the the, the wee idiots said, or oh, I think that's Gerard being shown the red card and that. And it, when you seen it, when when you seen the the it back, it, aye, obviously goes on, tries to have a word with him, beatens that arrogant. He'll not even fucking look at Gerard. Um, so Gerard has a pop at him, went like full scouser on him, which was quality. Um, gets the <laughs> yellow card, which I think right, fair enough. But when you watch it, not only is like. Gerard walking away with his back to him. He's a good like 10, 15 yards away for beating at that point. You actually see Defoe walking onto the pitch towards beating, obviously saying, like, all right, Ken, like, sort of putting his hands up, like, Ken will calm it down in that. And and then fuck, beating just ignores Defoe and all, and then gets the red card out. It's, it was just absolutely crazy. And, and there's no sort of recourse, there's no like transparency with the referees or, um, you know, ways of actually having the conversations and saying like, I look, had my hands up, got that one wrong, or here's why I gave that decision, or here's what I saw, that's why the decision was made. There's nothing at all like that. And you can understand why managers get, get frustrated with, with, with all different referees, but like, like you said, with other incidents with that same referee, him in particular, it's... Uh, Aye, so it's like hitting your head off a, a yep. brick wall when it comes to them. As I said, it's no fear on anybody in, in this case. But anyway, into the second half, obviously given the fact that we're still nil now, or at this point in the league we needed two wins and a draw, and we were always thinking that the draw would come at the Celtic game, and we're, you know, I, I was at this stage thinking, well, well, this is the draw we need to win the next two games, including the Old Firm game there. But 49th minute, we had the ball in the back of the net, but ruled offside. It was a correct decision, unfortunately for us. Barisic put in a great cross from a free kick into the box. Goldson got his head to it and put it in the back of the net, but as I said, he had just strayed offside. 55th minute. Fireworks let off outside the ground to mark the 55th title. It was quite an impressive display as well. There's a lot of a lot of money went into yeah, that one. The game was the game was stopped for a couple of minutes as well because the fireworks landed in the park. And I seen a still picture. I think it was like some sort of spear rocket, and it landed right next to one of the, the one of the uh, Livingston players. So maybe a wee bit fortunate and maybe not wise yeah. with that one. But we'll get into who might have set them off later. 57th minute is a break through the middle with a great ball from Kamara to Morelos. Morelos threw on goal but had a defender with him so had to take it quickly. He got a shot off. It was on target but a comfortable save for the keeper. 72nd minute, Morelos down the right, bubbles up, gets the break of the ball, gets into the box, hits a shot across goal. Keeper dives but it was going wide anyway. 72nd minute, Arfield off and it none and arguably that's the, the thing that maybe changed the game there. 75th minute, long ball out from defence down the right. Gets to Kamara at the halfway line, who plays a good pass to Morelos, who breaks free of the defender, gets into the box and has a shot, but well wide of the left post. 80th minute, corner in from the left by Barisic. Goldson gets a good head to it, but it was going wide. However, Morelos was at the back post. He gets his head to it and puts it wide from four yards out. Surely easier to get on target yeah. from Morelos there. And you really just thought it was not going to be our day or certainly not Morelos's day at that point. 84th minute, lovely move down the right from involving Patterson, a lovely flick by Aribo to Davis who passes to Morelos who controls it and then a quick snapshot to the near post but a comfortable save for the keeper and then near the death 87th minute, Morelos puts us 1-0 up thankfully. <laughs> a very patient build up working for the ball from right to left, a lovely ball threaded through to Kamara in the box at the touchline, he gets the break of the ball off the defender, it gets to the ball first, he cuts it back to Davis who tries a curled shot into the right corner keeper gets his hand to it, spills it to the back Back post for the awaiting Morelos who'd really just had to tap it in. Just fantastic instincts there. A well worked move all round. A bit of unluckiness as well, but just glad the ball went in at the back of the net. 
Yep. Alfredo Morelos doesn't score a lot of tap-ins like that, Derek. He, he, he really doesn't. So it was just great that, that we had scored. Delighted for him that he scored. I actually thought that Arfield had scored because they had sort of, it was more a sort of curled pass. He was, he was trying to pass the ball into the net and I, I thought he had done it. So as you say, it was a well-worked move and you know Morelos did tap-in, our main man, and that's what set, set us off. I was going absolutely ballistic, just delighted because like you, I thought at that stage it was going to end up being nil-nil and you know maybe going to have to fight a bit harder you know to try and get victories elsewhere but just the relief of the ball going into the net absolutely fantastic right, and that, that's exactly why he's there and that's exactly why he was kept on and still in the park because although people say oh it's just a it's just a tapping but it predicted that there's a chance that the, the ball could end up coming coming to him there and falling him in that place and that's yeah. why he's there stick the ball away and it was great work as well for it and as well uh, you know, sort of dogged to d- dig the ball out and, you know, create the chance. So they were, they were working hard right to the end. And, I mean, I, up until that point, you were thinking, oh, is this a repeat earlier on in the season? Another another nil-nil away to them. And I think, here we go. But just, it was a great effort. And uh, just, I, I was the same, just going absolutely mental, jumping about the living room and celebrating the... Uh, and another sort of hoodoo for us as well, Derek, because a ground that we in the past have struggled, and as I say, we got that draw at the start of the season, and it's it's victories like that that are, that's great for the the players because they know that when they think oh you know there's a chance that you know we always got a tough game up there, and the, you know it's it's in the back of players' minds, you know that they've no one. So the fact that we have went there now this season and got the three points, you know, on, on top of how important the victory was. It was, it was just great psychologically as well, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. On the 90th minute, another clear penalty not given when Itton was clearly getting the shirt pulled in the box and Beaton yep. was looking right at it. I mean, I'm, I'm running out of things to say about Beaton now without, oh, without uh, becoming abusive. It's only human, come on. <laughs> 90th minute as well, Kent off and Zungu on. McGregor was apparently given a yellow for time-wasting as the sub was coming on. Holy Unbelievable. <laughs> <fuck>. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. As I said, he's only human and he's staying in his Cut the man some slack, yeah. <laughs> it was only his like, third or fourth major glaring error of the game, you know. <laughs> That was the final whistle after that. The end of the game, the players went over to the corner for the awaiting fans to applaud them that were there. Presumably the same ones that lit off the fireworks as well. Gerard's interview at the end was absolutely immense. Spot on as well. Having a go at the referee and his assistants as well in the linesman. Says that he'll take whatever punishment that comes his way. And when asked about Morelos, <laughs> a, an absolute classic line. Don't worry about Alfredo. He's just scored the winner. He's dancing around there with no top on to Sweet Caroline. He's fine. <laughs> it's something that is now associated with Rangers as well through social media. Absolutely brilliant, as you say, Derek. That is a fantastic line by the manager. Brilliant stuff. Ah, it was tremendous. And what I liked about it as well is in my head, it wasn't just a line that Gerard was saying. It was actually just stating the fact that was actually what was going on in the dressing room <laughs> at that moment in time. Just fantastic. Rangers actually also appealed the Morelis yellow card because you can do it for simulation. And amazingly, we actually won the appeal, so the yellow card was rescinded. And Gerard was offered a one-game ban, which he accepted, and he was in the stand for the next game, which was the St Martin game. So, fair play to him, because we could have appealed it, but it would have meant he would have been potentially in the the stands for the game against Celtic. But not that it matters now, anyway. 
No. But anyway, as I said, the next game, Saturday the 6th of March, it was a 3-0 win at home against St Mirren in the Premiership. And it was all done by, by the shout, not ultimately there, because Celtic, after this game, um, would have needed to win every single game by a significant margin, and we would have needed to lose every single game as well, which was never going to happen. So... There was rumours before the game that fans were going to attend early on and they did in their thousands. Absolutely incredible scenes and certainly one of the best videos from, from the outside the stadium was uh, inside from Gerard's car as he was trying to get into the ground. Absolutely mobbed, couldn't move anywhere and he even knocked down a cop as well, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was incredible, Derek, because we were all told that there was going to be fans there but we had no idea it was going to be such a, you know, a, a momentous occasion like that and as you say just the the footage for Stephen Gerrard's car driving in you could see how much it meant I think to him you know and all the fans you know for, for him going in it was just it was quite incredible the scenes you know going in for and for, for the fans that, that weren't there you know to be actually watching it as well shows how much it means to every single one of us and you know the the the, the guys that that were there I know that you're going to be, be getting into the, the the aftermath of it Derek but I'm not going to t- take that away for the you, you know the occasion it was it was quite a sight to see I it was great to see and the thing that that'll get lost when I talk about it later is it was all good natured good spirited happy people just out celebrating their uh, fantastic football team and there's there's no more to it than that. We'll hear it get described as all sorts of other, other things, but that's what it was. It was good natured celebrations, and it was fantastic to see. I mean, of course, we know, and you know, we've, we've got it. In fact, fuck it, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the party line of no, they shouldn't have been there. Yeah, we know that there's a pandemic going on, and but we all knew this was going to happen. The authorities knew it was going to happen. We'll get into the, the ins and outs of that later. But it would have been the exact same thing if the the green side had won the title. So I'm not having any of this bullshit, to be honest. But into the game itself yeah. one change from the Livingston game had you replaced Arfield so we lined up McGregor Patterson Goldson Hellander Barisic Kamara Davis Aribo Hadji Morelis and Kent on the subs bench McLaughlin Bassey Simpson Defoe Itton Wright Stewart Balligan and Arfield the first half it was a half a complete dominance yeah. we bossed it from start till finish in the first half crowded St Mirren out both in and out of possession We'd like us to do a wee bit more in the final third, maybe, but we can't have any grumbles being 2-0 up in, in, in the first half. St Martin did break on a few occasions, however, it was handled with ease because we crowded them out. The, the actual minutes themselves, seventh minute, the space opens up for Aribo, who had a stinging shot from 20 yards into the hands of the keeper, but bounced awkwardly in his hands, spun up, and he managed to regain the ball. And we scored our first goal in the 13th minute with Ryan Kent scoring. Goldson passes to Kent in the middle, outside the box. Going towards the right, he shifts to his left and then places a fantastic shot into the bottom left corner. Just trademark Kent, isn't it? Brilliant goal, Derek. Absolutely fantastic. As you say, exactly. Trademark, that's what we love to see him doing. Getting the ball at his feet, running at defenders, making space, having a shot. It was just an absolutely tremendous goal. Another incredible goal to add to the collection of incredible goals for this season. So, absolute joy to watch. Yeah, top, top, top goal. Made the space for himself. Beat, beats the man with his right foot and sticks it away with his left foot. It just... It was it was an incredible goal, and going into the, the game like any game, we all get the, the, the nerves in that. And uh, but you just right for the off, they were playing with, with, with confidence, and it was 
that you know it was coming. It was coming since the kick off that goal. Do you know what it reminded me of when we beat um, Kilmarnock five one in the last game of the season when we we scored uh, what was it three goals in seven minutes? It kind of reminded me like that where it was just confidence. We knew yep. what we had to do. We went out and done it because two minutes after that, in the fifteenth minute, Morelos made it two 0 Quick switch on the deck from left to right. Kamara plays a lovely ball into the box for Morelos, who has a first time shot at an angle and it trundles into the left post and in. Brilliant. It was like it went in slow motion, did it? And it was a, a strange goal for Alfredo Morelos to score because usually he gets the ball, he, he, he sees he's sort of a target and he just absolutely leathers it. The vast majority of the goals he scores, he absolutely thunders it. But this was a sort of placed shot right across the, 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 the face of goal, inch perfect, right into the bottom corner. So just a great, and another sort of completely different goal for him to watch. And as you said, that was the game wrapped up at that point. Another quick goal, 2-0, and, you know, time for them to really go out and enjoy themselves on the park. Uh, you took the words out of my mouth, in, inch perfect. Uh, you know, an inch to the right, and the keeper saves it, an inch to the left, and it hits the post. But it was just... There was like one angle he could have hit it at, and he found that he's going away for goal when he hits it, and it was it was a tremendous finish. Yep. Thirty eighth minute, lovely long free kick into the back post from Barisic. Goldson gets a great head to it, but just wide of the left post, and there it was half time. So the game was pretty much wrapped yep. up at that point. But straight off from kick off, Hadji scores to make it three <laughs> 0 Game completely wrapped up on the forty fifth minute. A stunning sweeping move straight from kick off down the left with a rebo. Kent on the overlap got the ball to, on the left in the box, crosses the ball. Bounced in the middle, straight through the defence to the back post to Hadji, who was in absolute acres of space. He had enough time to, to light up a cigar. He paused, he controlled it, he switched feet, and then he shot into the right-hand <laughs> side. Brilliant. Yep, and f- for him as well, he's the type of player, I think, that he's, he, he feeds off the goals for his confidence. It was great for him. He had all the time in the world, though, uh, Derek. It was, it was poor, poor defending from St Mirren. But, uh, you know, he was there. He looked up, as you say. But he was able to control it, change foot, and just blast it past the goalkeeper. Great finish by him. And uh, that was a game game over for us. Uh, absolutely delighted that they'd done it sort of straight away right at the start of the second half. Yeah, I like you say, straight from kickoff. And the, the amazing thing was St Mirren took the kickoff. <laughs> um, so Manon took the kick off immediately gave the ball to us and the ball the ball for Kent to, to release Aribo initially was tremendous Kent putting the, the burners on to go and go in the overlap Aribo feeding them through and like you say Hadji had all the time in the world We have all the time in the world pick out his spot and, and blast it away. Tremendous goal. Thank fuck it wasn't Kenny Miller there. Would have been 10 foot wide. Or Ian I mean, Black. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing we've got to remember about this game of who we're playing, obviously given the, 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 the nature of it, is the only team to beat us both domestically and in Europe this season mm-hmm. is St Mirren. And that was the last time we played them and we've absolutely cuffed them this time so uh, it was obviously just a one-off game granted it was a cup game so that's kind of a given um, but in the 56 minute Kent on the left cuts inside unleashes a rasper from 25 yards caught Anik flat-footed who pams it over the bar for the corner 58th minute Hellander and Davis off Balogun and Arfield on uh, game was obviously over give the players a rest given the fact that we had a, an important European tie to play in a few yeah. days time 68th minute chance for St Mirren ball flicked up in the box the attacker got a shot off fantastic dive and save 
Brian McGregor to put it out for a certain goal. Um, maybe a wee bit more Hollywood than it needed to be, but it was a, a good save nonetheless. Yep. 73rd minute, Morelis and Hadji off, Defoe and Wright on. 81st minute, Kent off and Stewart on. That has used up all our subs. 85th minute, corner in from the left, knocked out to our field at the edge of the box, where it's a half volley and great tip over the bar from Anik. 86th minute, good move down the left, crossed in and Defoe shoots goal bound, saved by the legs Anik and cleared out with it for the defender. And then that was the full time whistle. And then here starteth the scenes. Scenes. <laughs> Absolutely emphatic when the players celebrated with the fans at the gate at the end and they, they opened the dressing room window and there was Morelis hanging out <laughs> and uh, Gerard hanging out as well, which we got blamed for as well, but I'm not even you know bothered about that. Uh, as I said, the title all but wrapped up at that point and we would have had to lose everything and Celtic would have won everything. Ultimately, um, it turned out the next day we were champions. So... As I said, the videos from the change room were absolutely amazing. Gerard doing the cleansing <laughs> and an alcohol drowned dressing room floor. I mean, that'll just go down in history as one of the best moments of, of you know, Rangers, won't it? The whole thing was just bizarre, wasn't it? You know, you, you, you're sitting watching it. It's, it's, it's things that we, we've never ever witnessed before. Probably just because of the age that we're living in now, and you're getting to see things. You know, p- people recording stuff on their phones, but we've never ever seen scenes like that inside the dressing room. It was always just, I know, official photographers and you know people taking videos that officially for the club and the players celebrating. But to see scenes like that, it was just absolute bedlam. And uh, you know, it's just it's, it's something that will live will live live with us as well. And other people getting thrown across the floor, you know, when they had it completely covered in champagne and stuff like that. It was just it was just bonkers, absolutely bonkers. It was marvelous. I mean, for weeks, Gerard, in his post and pre match interviews, he gets asked the questions. He's been given it. Oh, you know, we're just focusing on the next game. It's one game at a time. It's not over. It's a far way from over. You know, all, all, all that stuff, all the stuff you have to say in that. Uh, and then on that day when the final whistle went, I it's effectively wrapped up, but it's still no technically mathematically over. But fuck it, I'm doing the cleansman on the beer. <laughs> uh, and in the, like you say, in the age of social media, we got all the videos coming out, and obviously we we all know ourselves what, what it means to us and what it means to the other fans. But to actually see what it meant to. All the players in there, yeah, in the immediate aftermath, the players and the management and the staff, and that was was uh, was brilliant to see. It was absolutely amazing. I mean, I loved how Gerard was still fully suited and booted when he done the <laughs> cleansing as well. <laughs> Um, obviously other pictures of uh, several crates of beer getting delivered as well by Laboos for the stadium uh, parks of Hamilton buses taking the players away later on at night as well I mean my wife buggered off because she was pissed off the fact that I was constantly on, on Twitter all the time I couldn't get anything done or watched because we were just inundated with all these videos yep. and celebrations as well um, it was just something incredible Um Celebrations obviously in George Square the next day. Um, obviously, once we, we had confirmed the title, that was always going to happen, it was always um muted to happen as well. Again, well, you know, caveat that we shouldn't have been there going through COVID, etc. etc. Uh, but it was always going to happen. Absolutely fantastic scenes, as you said, it was a good atmosphere and it went on till about 10 pm. Disappointingly, no, obviously a number of arrests did happen, a few broken benches and there was a lot of litter as well and a video of, of a couple of idiots fighting in the street too. I mean, for fuck's sake, you're meant to be celebrating and you fight with your own as well. But the fallout though has been an absolute 
disgrace from from all sectors i know we're still in the middle of the pandemic but the rank hypocrisy of it all is absolutely astounding black lives matter protests not a peep celtic riots not a peep the st johnson celebrations when you know justifiably you know the the, the one the the league cup and um, actual proper attacks from st johnson fans on the police not a peep but big ad ranger strikes again i mean the fact that we're on the run-up to an election is also not lost on me as well. The fact that Rangers were getting brought into for not doing enough. I mean, what else could we have done? I mean, we've had several statements in the pressers on the run-up to the weekend, Tannoy announcements during the, the when the fans were out there at the stadium. We could have tweeted on the hour, every hour, and fans would have still attended. There is nothing that Rangers could have done. And I don't blame fans, by the way, for, for this. You know, it was always going to happen. And had I been in different circumstances, I would have been there myself as well. John Swinney in particular at the Covid briefing on the Monday after completely floundering he was proven to be an absolute liar in this and it's not surprising given the party he's with. I mean bear in mind his constituency is Perth not a peep hit from him about the St Johnston fans as well. And I absolutely loved Rangers Twitter after the claim by Sweeney that, that we've done nothing uh, because the club just put said a tweet out saying club statement and then it was a video of the Friday presser where Gerard specifically making reference to the to fans asking them to stay at home and stay safe. And the best one was Sturgeon and Arcroni stating that there's a risk to Hamden hosting the Euro 2020 games due to Rangers fans congregating. UEFA quickly stated pretty much that that's utter bullshit. So more lies once again from them. Another idiot SNP councillor or MSP, whatever she was, stated that Rangers should be billed for policing George Square. As she should know, clubs only pay for policing inside the stadium on game day. Well, for a start, Sunday was not our game day and it was not outside our stadium, so no, I'd be fuck going to pay for it. Douglas Park played an absolute blinder oh. with, with a letter documenting basically the, the day-to-day minutes from, from the run-up into the, to the weekend and the communication with, and meetings with police, the government, the council, all of them were found wanting and there were, all of them were found lying about us, about what their the subsequent um, comments and statements have been about. The police by all accounts, were absolutely great on the day when the fans were there. They realised the situation. Too many keyboard warriors, I'll include MSPs in, in this one as well, wading into public order tactics. Who they, they actually know fuck all about public order tactics. It's the one thing police do very well in Scotland. We can have an argument about the way we football fans are treated in Scotland by police, but in terms of public order, it's one thing that they do very well. You don't go wading into a crowd to break it up. And in relation to Rangers fans getting marched to George Square, that's how you control a crowd that way. You march them to that in, in a controlled manner. And that's the problem with politicians as well. And having Twitter, there is absolutely no oversight and no regulation of their comments they're making. And so they can basically say whatever they want because it's not in Parliament. I think there's obviously quite quite a lot a lot to pick apart for, for, for the following what's happening. But um, I mean, I... You touched on it a wee bit, but I think that day, that the Monday following the the celebrations, Rangers were a convenient bogeyman for the government. There was a, a headline came out they're they basically about to be embroiled in yet another um, sexual abuse or sexual assault or sexual harassment scandal that in their party um, with their. What was it? Their, their chief whip down in Westminster yep. um, ha, had been accused, and that headline came out on the Monday. But was 
was was that given much airtime, much coverage? No, um, because they, they went on and on ad nauseum about about Rangers and big bad Rangers and their fans and what a disgrace they were. What what really annoyed me was the, the total sort of misrepresentation of the facts, like the like you know they were calling it. It was a disgrace, disgraceful scene, shocking scenes, disorder, hooligans, riots. Oh, this sort of stuff, violence I, I seen as well. Coming to it, which one it was said that, but violent scenes. But you're like, no, it wasn't. I doubt for for a second that the, the like the benches were were deliberately vandalised. You know, you've got a, a a square full of drunk people celebrating, jumping about. They'll be standing on the benches and that, and, and I can guarantee that's how the benches benches got broken. Was, was it reckless? Perhaps idiotic. Maybe you could say that, but you know, people are there having a good time and drinking and carrying on, and and these these things happen. Um, but I Swinney, like you say, you said not a peep came from him when the after St Johnson, but he did actually tweet to congratulate St Johnson. Yeah, but Convenient. like you say, no, like like you say, he didn't didn't say anything about the the two police officers that were injured outside McDermott Park and nothing like that. But it's just. <laughs> It's getting worse and worse, and I'm sure the, the vigils or the protests in, in London last week after the murder of that, that poor, poor lassie Sarah Everard, I mean, the narrative now, all these people tweeting tweets, and it'll be a side-by-side picture, one of police next to Rangers fans in Glasgow, and one of police lifting a, 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 woman, a, a woman down in London, and thinking, oh, these these two pictures say, say it all, and you're thinking... No, it doesn't. What, what, what does it say? What is your point? What are you trying to say? Are, are you trying to say that police are too heavy-handed in London, or they're not heavy-handed enough in Glasgow, or they shouldn't be heavy-handed with with with, with the women in, in London? Because I agree with them, but they should be heavy-handed with the the football fans or the Rangers fans because I don't like them. Mm. I, I like you say we can, can go on and on about various different things here. I mean, different city, different force, different circumstances as well. One's a protest, yeah. one's a celebration. One's a sorry, I'll, I'll rephrase that. One's a professional protest because that's what that turned into. It was completely hijacked. What what that was down there. Another situation altogether. I mean, the comments by the police afterwards were also a disgrace, blaming the club as well. And that's two two senior officers, I think, came out and said that, and they know what 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 they've done with the with the club and what communication they've had with the club and they know what the club's remit is and it certainly wasn't policing um, public order issues and as you said there's been a scapegoat with the SNP and I think everybody's just tried to pile on the back of Rangers to to cover up for their own failings in this I mean the letter I mean, don't get me started. It's a few broken bottles that was cleared up by a couple of sweepers uh, a few hours later in the early hours. It was all done and dusted by 9am the next morning. The benches, oh, sorry, sorry, the memorial benches. I mean, I long for the day when a bench was just a fucking bench and not a memorial bench. Wouldn't somebody please think of the benches? Oh, I know. I mean, I'll put my mortgage on those at pains to state that there were memorial benches, that they had no idea that there were actual memorial benches. There was one guy who said, I've lived in Glasgow for 60 years. I've sat on them. I've no idea that there were memorial benches. They're public fucking benches. As Rangers pointed out, the council knew that this was likely. Why didn't they move them? And then the council's retort was, well, we don't routinely routinely move them for, for issues. I would love to know the damage that's caused and what's actually done when there's other organised events on there. The benches themselves, though, 
should they have been broken? Absolutely not. I mean, that, that was bad, absolutely. But as you said, it was clearly an accident. And if you claim that it was deliberate despite no evidence to the contrary, then you're just a moron and a bigot. Criminal damage, vandalism is ultimately the same charge in Scotland. However, we've all done something such as breaking something. I mean, so don't give me this sanctimonious whiter-than-white, holier-than-now bullshit because that's exactly what it was. The Celtic shop door as well was apparently damaged. And I've seen the pictures. Yeah, there's a still picture of the damage to the door. I mean, I absolutely loved the person who tried to tell me it was obviously deliberate with no other evidence other than the same picture that they've seen. And they had no idea of how it was damaged. I mean, I hope to fuck that guy was never on a jury because he would just say guilty, guilty. <laughs> uh, on the back of, the, of the, the, the damage to the benches, Robert Marshall from the Loudoun set up a crowdfunder to replace the benches. And if more money was raised and needed, it'll go to charity. So absolutely fantastic. Again, around £10,000 the last time I checked absolutely incredible again though a great gesture is used against us by claims that oh well that's just you lot feeling guilty then uh, I mean of note that the bills came through from the council for £11,000 flower bed costs have been included in this so I'm not sure how they uh, want to include that and also get to that figure Aye, that, that, that's what that's what exactly what I was going to say. At Glasgow City Council are actually scamming charities out of money <laughs> um, because I don't know how, how many benches were damaged. There was a picture of some damaged benches, so like two or three benches, whatever that cost to replace. There, there's, obviously, there's got to be, you maybe include like the, the, the work done for like pit, pitting the benches out, um, replacing them, materials, paying the guys for doing it, paying for some of the cleanup, paying for the flower beds. And I, it just so happened Rangers fans raised roughly £11,000, no, no kicking arse off £11,000, and the bills come in at, surprisingly, about £11,000. Mm. <laughs> Where the council are getting that uh, that figure from is just... <laughs> it beggars belief, it really does, eh? Dave, you've been awfully quiet during this. <laughs> Guys, no, I've been I've been listening intently to the the the, the two years. There, there's not really much more that I can add to what you have said. The only d- disgusting thing I thought was actually the the conduct of John Swinney, the way that he absolutely trashed our club, the way that he did. I thought he was vile in what he said about us as well, and I was just really really pleased with the response that the club. You know, put out, Derek. Me, me, and you have talked for years and years about the anti-Rangers narrative that there is out there, especially from the party that's in charge of this country at, at the moment. So we knew it was going to happen. We were all braced for it. But I honestly, you know, I, I, I was getting myself prepared for you know mega anti-Rangers narrative out there, but I didn't honestly think it was going to be quite as bad. Uh, things getting thrown and. It really didn't matter what the club came away with. It was still going to get used against us because there are so many people out there desperate to put the boot in. And I don't care what t- team it was. If that had been that lot across the, the city getting what they all thought they were going to get, exactly the same thing would have happened there. Any team celebrating like that. But for what we've been through as supporters, and you know, I'm, I'm not get, getting away from the whole uh, p- pandemic thing. I'm not tr- trying to do it, but for what we've been through as fans, there's no other set of fans in the world have been through what we've been through. None at all. So this, it was going to happen sooner rather than later, as, as soon as we found out they were going to win the league, it was going to be there. As I say, you, you two have covered it all about everything that's happened. Just I, I was really, really, absolutely raging with uh, some of the comments from the our sort of senior 
MSPs out there, including Mr Swinney. That was what angered me the most out of the whole thing. I mean, I'm still not finished yet, Dave. That's the best. Yeah, there's more to come. <laughs> yeah. I mean, another Celtic fan tried to use what was a video of a clearly mentally unwell guy who was videoed playing with himself outside our ground during the game. Someone and... catch me on video. <laughs> <laughs> Again, for fuck's sake, you and me warned about that. I know. I mean, she tried to use that as a weapon against our fans' damaged seats. When I called her out in it, in typical fashion, she tried to turn it round back on me, saying that our fans were laughing at him, saying that and saying it was a disgrace. I mean, that's despite her using him as a weapon in the first place. So, you know, neck and blowtorch there. And just to wrap up this for the, for the time being, anyway, to go along with sandcastles being destroyed, apparently a soup <laughs> kitchen was moved round the corner from George Square as well, and claims of only half numbers turned up as users may have been scared to go. Or did not know where to go. I mean, for fuck's sake, it's fans celebrating. It's not as if it's fucking, you know, World War Two riots. But, I mean, have you ever thought the type of people that use these soup kitchens are going to be generally homeless people? Have you ever thought that they were joining in with the celebrations because they're also Rangers fans? Have you ever thought they thought, oh, there's a chance of free booze here? And I had to laugh at the SMP types slamming our fans for, for this issue because if it wasn't for their shameful party, there would be no need to use soup kitchens in the first place. So it's just absolutely astounding, the, the absolute brass neck of these arseholes. That it really is. And I, I'm done with it now because the, the fucking idiots, the hypocrisy is unbelievable yep. with them, yet they'll never see it. And it's the same with them over the board about every single issue, especially anti-Rangers issues as well. See, you're talk, talking about anti-Rangers issues. I, I, I didn't mind, right? See, certain like, opposition fans or certain sections of the media folk that, that didn't like us, see if they were to like, use this as an opportunity to stick the boot in, then like that, 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 that's to be expected, right? They're, they're always going to do it. If there's an opportunity to say, right, there's a pile on happening on Rangers, let's fucking jump in, have our two cents worth and, and stick the boot in. That, that's what they'll do, but see the the actual um, politicians who have actually been shown to be lying um, and no telling the truth about what's happened and misleading the public and what the facts are. Um, Nicholas Sturgeon saying Rangers didn't do enough. Rangers didn't 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 do anything to to stave this this off. Um, Swinney saying Rangers were deafening by their silence by not doing anything and no making any efforts to stop their fans from doing this then when there was criticism levelled at the police in the couple of days after like you said there was that statement released I think it was one of the assistant chief constables calling Rangers fans disgraceful and saying that the club were partly responsible for for, for what happened as well Um, all, all that sort of stuff and then Douglas Park I sat at his desk cracked his knuckles sat down thought right I'm writing a fucking letter, and it was an absolute one-two punch combination knockout letter. He said, no, these are the facts, actually. This is the time, he actually wrote a timeline. This is what happened. We contacted you, we contacted the government, the police and the SFA on this date. We had subsequent contact with you on this date. We actually agreed the messaging between the government and the SFA and Rangers of what Stephen Gerrard would say in the press conferences leading up. They agreed that, well, we we can't come out and say, I we're going to win the league and that because obviously you can't just come out and say I the, the league's won when it's no technically won yet and they would agreed all that and, and Douglas Park put that down in his in his in his letter but that all gets missed because th- these people that are are, are in charge in the yep. country they put this message out and folk just eat it up 
yep. it gets parroted. It gets parroted by people. Dave, there was an example at our work this morning. Oh, I see there's been a, a spike in COVID numbers because of the Rangers fans gathering. That That is categorically not true. There's not been any spike. There have been some cases linked to people who may have been at, at the gatherings, whether at Ibrox or George Square. That That is a completely different thing to there being a spike or there being cases linked to or have come about directly as a consequence of the gathering. Well, that, it's a completely different thing. But so again, like what you're saying, Ewan, this is what the, the government, that these are what you know the general public who don't know anything else are being fed. So they're taking that as gospel when we know it's absolute bullshit. Aye. Every other time there's been a mass gathering, aside the fact that the, the actual sort of Science experts have said, well, there's not been any any spikes or a dramatic upturn in cases with any of the previous outdoor gatherings. Um, but they've all said, you know, it would take about sort of two or three weeks to sort of analyse the numbers to see if we could, if those cases have come about as a result of these gatherings. But the celebrations were on the Saturday and the Sunday. Your incubation period, you're talking is about 10 days. That's why you have to isolate for 10 days. Yet eight days after the gatherings, they were able to use figures, the Scottish government were able to use figures that they had from the Friday, so five days after the gatherings, to say there's cases, there's cases of Rangers <laughs> fans that were at the gatherings. So it's just like, it, it, the, the agenda is clear. It, it's, it's so clear um, what they're trying to do. And it, it's just like, I said earlier, we're a convenient bogeyman, and yet again, it's just big bad Rangers there. Eh? I mean, we could talk about this for ages, but we've still got another game to cover. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go on now, and it was on Thursday, the 11th of March. It was a one-each draw away to Slavia Prague in the Europa League, last 16, leg one. And we flew out there on a big plane with a massive sticker in it saying oh, Champions 55. Absolute fine. class. Yep, beautiful. Sure. Tremendous. That's exactly the type of thing that you love to see, Derek. I've actually got that as uh, you know a, a saved picture that I use on uh, you know so, social media and stuff like that. I thought it was absolute sheer class. Re- really, really brilliant stuff. The only thing that would have been better is if Bruce Dickinson was himself was flying us as well again. <laughs> The game, though, it was an unchanged side that met St Mirren and the subs were McLaughlin, Bassey, Itton, Zungu, Wright, Stewart, Roof, Simpson, Arfield and King. And also around about 300 local key workers were also given tickets for the game as well. So um, it's certainly good. And as I said yeah. in the post-match, you need to start really getting fans back in stadiums. Yep. But the first half itself, we had really only turned up for our goal and that was about it. We were not at the races at all. I don't think that was anything to do with being hungover or anything like that that people were claiming might have been. Slavia were playing really, really well. A lot of confidence and as they should be given the fact that they were on the similar kind of form as us. Uh, they were being pressing high. They were not giving us any time on the ball at all. Uh, but for all their possession, they, and they were clearly the better team, they only had five shots at goal and they only made McGregor work two or three times in the first half. And even then, a lesser keeper um, than him wouldn't have even flapped at them. Um, It was quite scrappy at times, the game. A lot of niggly fouls. The referee wasn't letting anything go. However, the game started off badly because once again, on the sixth minute, there was a, a goal 
uh, for Slyther Prague. A peach in fairness, um, but really out of nothing. A long ball knocked from the centre in midfield to the left, cuts it back to the player at the edge of the box, who was in acres of space. He looks up and hits a peach of a shot curled into the top right-hand corner. The only thing I could have said is maybe the defence could have closed them down, but it was just a, a topper of a shot. Yeah, I was I was was really disappointed, Derek, and I thought for a horrible minute at that goal that maybe young Patterson it was maybe a, a game too early for him at this level. That wasn't to be the case, thankfully, because he, he certainly went on to have a very good game after that. But as you say, the the, the covering on the the right hand side of defence was really poor. He seemed to have a lot of time in the ball, didn't he, to get his shot away? It, it, it was a great goal. No much that McGregor could could have done, but. Uh, an early goal is, you know, a, a huge setback because I, I kind of fancied us to be going in sort of nil nil at half time and, and maybe get getting the winner late on, but that was just a really really bad start for us and you know really disappointing at that stage of the game. Yeah, I think I think with the the, the early goal for them and the way the sort of the first the first half was panning, certainly the first sort of twenty or twenty five minutes of the first half, they were on us ragged. We we couldn't get any time on the ball, couldn't they? Yeah. Get any passes strung together at all? Um, you know they were a they were a, a, a good team and they'd set up really well against us. And the two two or three very good players in that team, um, you know, like very good players. And I, when the goal went in, it was a it was a tremendous finish. Albeit it had uh, far far too much space to finish it. But I, I when for, see see to be honest, when I was watching it, I was thinking, right, is this our, our limit getting to the last sixteen? And once we reach teams of this standard, we're just going to get get run ragged almost. Uh, but fair play to our players, you know, that we did stick in and start start coming in the game eventually. But back 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 on we are sorry uh, after the goal went in back to the six minute <laughs> <laughs> I I mean you, you kind of summed it up there they had a lot of possession and, and they were they were running us ragged for about 25-30 minutes 30th minute free kick from Slavia right on the corner on the right hand side of our box it was a shot to the near post curled round the two man wall and McGregor was alert and punches out for the corner 33rd minute free kick from Slavia again pretty much next to the the, the left corner spot floated in and a nonchalant header over 33rd minute as well, we go up the park, uh, falls back to the keeper who tried to pass it out, made a bit of a mess of it, he managed to recover before Morelos could get the ball. 34th minute, same player who scored for Slavia, had a near carbon copy chance, uh, but he couldn't put the same bend on it as well and he shoots it wide. However, we scored on the 36th minute to make it one each and get that vital away goal, and it was Hellander of all people. It was a free kick by Barisic on the left, floats it into the middle, knocked to the right, played back across goal, Hadji never gave up and managed to just keep it and completely taking the keeper by surprise, I think. He knocked it back across goal and Hellander, of all people, tapped it into an empty net. Just Hadji was immense there. Yep, tremendous. The original ball in was an excellent ball, but as you say, all the credit for that goal goes to Hadji because the ball was you know, almost out. So he basically had to sprint away from goal and the way that he was able to hook the ball perfectly back across the face of the goal just for Hillander to to tap it in absolutely fantastic play by him and a vital vital goal for us because up to that stage we had offered absolutely nothing so a great time for us to score and at that point we were saying you know there's no way that we you know we can be as poor as we have been and, you know, the fact that we've still managed to, to, to get that goal by playing as poor as we have is just, you know, an absolute lifeline for us. Vital, like I said, just really, really vital. 
Yeah, totally. A very important away goal. And prior to it, Hadji had been getting absolute pelters on like <laughs> folks saying he should be, be getting subbed off in like the thirtieth minute and that and but it was sheer surely down to a combination of his dogged determination to chase the ball to the byline, cut it back and the obviously Hollander's perfectly honed butcher's instincts there to yep. <laughs> be in that position to tap tap the ball in. Rangers Twitter slaughtering people during the game. I'd never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought it? It's usually just me as well. Eh? <laughs> On the 38th minute, there was a corner in, the, in from the left from Slavia. Nearly crept into the near post, but McGregor was alert and punched it away. And that ended the first half. So certainly, as I said, crucial away goal. Could have been argued that it was, it was undeserved, but we did start coming back into it from, from round about the 36th minute onwards, funnily enough. Second half, first 15 minutes of the second half was a lot like the first half, although uh, more of a midfield battle. Us having slightly more possession than we did in the first half and nothing in front of goal for either team. 59th minute, shot by Slavia, but went well wide. 60th minute, shot from the left by Slavia, but well wide to the left post again. 61st minute, shot by Aribo after good play down the right and was hit well wide to the left post. 62nd minute, Hadji off and Arfield on so that the haters in the first half got their wishes eventually. 64th minute, good play down the left from a throw-in. Aribo gets a cross in, takes a deflection and bounces up, right into the path of Ken in the middle, who has a shot which was dipping into the post stamp, but the keeper pulls off a great save to put it out for the corner. I think it was the move of the night for either team at that point, certainly, and certainly the chance of the night barring the two goals. Yeah, no, I, I actually I really thought that he'd scored that one. It wasn't the, the cleanest of hits, was it? But just the way that it was dipping, uh, you know, and, and, and the goalkeeper managed to get to it. I honestly thought that we had scored the away goal. But at that stage of the game, uh, I was feeling a lot more confident. We were certainly, you know, it, it spreading the ball about a lot better. We were, you know, getting high, higher up the pitch at that point. And I really did think that we were looking dangerous at certain points. But unfortunately, that one didn't go on. I thought we were well on top, top of that stage. We to- totally grown into the game and, and creating a, f- a couple of decent uh, opportunities and chances. And aye, it was uh, it was look- looking sort of quite quite good at that point. You were actually feeling like after how how bad we played for for most of the first half, I think we we could turn this around and 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 win the game here. You know, yeah. Uh, 67th minute, lovely free kick whipped into the box by from the left by Barisic, right in front of the goal and the defenders and Goldson just missed it, unlucky maybe a wee bit too much pace there Goldson they just had to have the, the kind of tortoise he'd kind of popping out there and, and he would have got it but it wasn't to be that one, 70th minute corner in from the right by Slavia, header cleared off the line by Kamara, ref blew for a foul in any case, 74th minute great move going forward down the right ending in a rebo in the box uh, on the right hand side, he could have had a shot, elected to try and cross it into the box for Morelos who was in space but intercepted by the first defender I mean that was the chance there, if yeah. Rebo had just shot I think he, he would have got it in Yep he came off uh, a few minutes later on the 81st minute and Roof came on. 88th minute, Kamara came off and Zungu came on. 89th minute, Slavia down the right, crossed in and took a deflection. McGregor scla- scrambled on, he got a touch to it and he-, he saved it from sneaking into the top left-hand corner. Uh, it was knocked out in by our defender for a corner. And from that corner, it was possibly, and I'm not saying this lately here, 
possibly the greatest save a Rangers keeper has ever made because the resulting corner came into the middle. The attacker towers above the defence, gets a bullet header down to the right. He'd done the perfect header and McGregor was at absolute full stretch. The ball even went behind him and he gets a one-handed save to stop the ball dead just before the line and he gathered it in as he was still diving as well. I think it was his pinky that stopped it. And I'm struggling to find words to describe how amazing that save was. It looked, it looked, Derek, like impossible. It was somebody actually put a tweet out, uh, you know, and it was Alan McGregor's face on uh, Keanu Reeves's body, you know, Neo in the Matrix, the way that he actually managed to get and stop the ball dead like that. It was the, Dave, just the, sorry, that was, me, that was me who put that out. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it shows I'm paying attention, Derek. <laughs> but, uh, but the fact that, as you say, that he was able to stop the ball dead, it wasn't just like pammed round the goal, you know, round r- r- the post or anything like that. It was quite sensational, considering he couldn't bite his own fingernails a few days before as he was getting poured <laughs> out of the training <laughs> ground. Uh, you know, it was absolutely, totally and utterly guttered. Uh, so for, for him to be able to do that, that the level of concentration going into the end of that game from him is just incredible and uh, you know a guy that you know we 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 go on about how how good how good he is for the team but it's it's times like that and you know there's been a lot of, again you know we've all had conversations on twitter what's the best save and there's a lot of people going on about you know various saves that Gorham's done and Kloss has done and all that but as, as you say Derek you'll just not see a save like that anywhere it was it was quite sensational no, I've I've never seen a save like it. Um, when I seen the corner going in, you thought, right, that cor- that ball's going into the perfect area. When you seen the the, the Slavia Prague player jumping for it and and the contact that he got on it and the pace generated for the header, you thought, I thought, right, that, that I'm just waiting in the back of the net, rippling here, um, and how he got down and got his hand to it, and like you say, didn't he didn't he knock it around the post or didn't he knock it back into play? Actually gathered it and kept hiding it. It was uh, it was unreal. He's a he's a big big game player for us, and he's he, he turns up when he's called upon. You know, you you get all the time, especially see see after the last old son, you get people saying like, oh McGregor kept kept you in it. If it wasn't for McGregor, uh, you know we'd have scored or we'd have won or whatever you say. Well, aye, obviously, but that's that's what it's fucking there for. There's eleven players on on the pitch, including the goalkeeper. And they all have to play their part. And if it, you know, he he turns up when he's called upon, and, and it was a, it was a tremendous save. Um, all, the save was almost as good as his uh, post-match interview. There's <laughs> a way ways. I know you're always very humble when it comes to to your saves, but that one at the end. I mean, just how late did did you see it? Um, a wee bit late. Um, it's just one of these things. You react to it, you see it, you stick your hand out and hopefully it doesn't go in. Uh, and it never, so happy days. Oh, just brilliant. Um, but that, that's how the game rounded out and you've got to be delighted with that. Certainly a, a lot better performance in the second half and getting a one-each draw away from home in the first leg is, is a fantastic result. And, you know, don't get me wrong, it's going to be a very difficult game 
tomorrow night. They've proven they can travel and uh, to win convincingly as they did 2-0 against uh, Leicester in the last round. Um, but I think, as it's been pointed out in another podcast, is that the best they can play? Possibly. Is that the best Rangers can play? Absolutely not. So they've no. not, not seen seen anything from us yet. If we can just you know compose ourselves and take the game to them potentially, then, then we've got it all to play for. Narrative's completely different as well, Derek. I think when they beat Leicester, Leicester are 100% uh, behind getting their team into a Champions League spot for next season. Narrative for us is, we've won the league. The game tonight, as it's going to be, is now the biggest game of our season. That's, you know, huge. So, you know, it's it's, it's a completely different set of circumstances. I just hope the, 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 the guys are, are up for it. And uh, I'm sure they will be, uh, again, still undefeated in Europe, which is quite sensational. Uh, you know, undefeated, you know, you know the, the, the league as well. But, you know, especially in Europe, is it's quite incredible. And, uh, you know, certainly a great chance. They're going to have to come out and score against us. And, you know, I can definitely see us scoring against them. So here's hoping that right for the start of the game that we just, you know, dominate the game, completely control it. And, you know, here's hoping get quite a straightforward victory. That's what I'm I'm hoping and praying for. But, But like I said, this is now the biggest game of the season for us. Yeah. I'm absolutely delighted with 1 1 uh, away there. The, the away goal, uh, you know, like you say, they're going to have to come out and play and try and score when they come to Ibrox, and that that plays into our, our, our hands with, with, with how we play in, in Europe. Um, it's not like days of old how we used to play in Europe um, because some of the, the, the goals and the sort of open play and the, the, the movement, moving the ball for, for our byline. And up to the back of the opposition's net, that's happened a few times in Europe this season. If they've got to come out, and that, that'll leave the space for us to do that sort of thing. So, I, it was an absolutely, absolutely fantastic result, um, I, I thought. Yeah, so um, just to, to round out this section here, in the league table, we've played 32-128, drawn four, lost zero, scored 77, still only conceded nine goals, goal difference plus 68, and we're on 88 points. Celtic are in second, and they're on 68 points, 20 points behind us, and a 26 goal difference um, behind ah, but, as well. But if they win their games in hand, <laughs> uh, and, and there's still two old, old Fungi, uh, sorry, Glasgow Darby's, I mean, the, the thing is, that's advocate levels of gap in the points table there, and that's without the massive spending. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible. The games to come, though, as we said, we've got the game tonight against Slavia Prague. If we win, we could actually overtake Celtic's coefficient, something that we've done in three years compared with their five yep. years. That is nothing short of astounding. We could also secure an automatic place to the Champions League group stage for the winners of next year's league as the Ukrainian teams are looking likely to go out as well so that's yeah. a massive massive incentive and especially with the massive rebuilding Celtic have got you know you've got to think that we're going to be in a very good chance to win the league next year not counting our, our chickens or anything like that not being blasé about things we've still got jobs to do the next game after that is Sunday the 21st of March away against Celtic in the Premiership that's a midday kickoff. Obviously, a lot of videos and statements galore from both sides to make sure fans don't attend. I mean, there's absolutely no appetite for our fans to attend at all. Um, and from what's been seen on Twitter as well, Celtic have also put up a ring of steel around Sharkhead. It's more like metal metal sharks that have went around there. 
maybe that's symbolic for the police getting closed down for goods after the impending court cases that are, are going to happen, but that's a story for another day. Yeah. Um, the government has threatened to postpone the game if guarantees could not be put in place about fans attending. Um, more political posture and grandstanding, because yep. that was never, ever yeah. going to be the case. Nope. Uh, the next game after that to round out is going to be Saturday the 3rd of April at home to Cove Rangers in the next round of the Scottish Cup. I think the time's still to be arranged in there. And then it's into the split games as well after that, so I think the dates have been given the 10th and 11th, 20th and 21st, the first uh, that's of April, and then the 1st and 2nd of May, 11th and 12th of May, and the 15th and 16th of May. So I'm not too sure when our home game is going to be to get presented with the trophy, but um, hopefully by that point, uh, things will have opened up a wee bit more there, and certainly at least some fans could um, attend inside the yeah, stadium. Yeah, certainly hope so, Derek. Uh, it's funny, obviously you refer to it as the split, but uh, I, I would refer to it as, uh, as Rangers 2021-2022 uh, pre-season, um, <laughs> because, you know, they're, they're just like, uh, it's like a, a victory lap really for us. <laughs> Fantastic, I can't wait. So, we'll move now into the classic match. And then it is, the final whistle's gone, Rangers are one. The European Cup Winners' Cup. Dave, you're talking about a piece of silverware that we lifted from 2008, aren't you? I certainly am, Derek. Uh, going back to another uh, quite incredible season for us, unfortunately, didn't work out quite as what we we hoped it would. Do. You know, at one stage in this uh, season, we were we were still on for the quadruple, which is quite incredible. But but going on, you know, speaking about big UEFA Cup matches and you know. Going for titles, it's uh, it's a, a game that uh, I well remember for a long time, and it, you know it was it was one of these what what could could have been seasons for us, but you know we still managed to to get some silverware at the end of it. It was in two thousand and eight, Rangers playing in their sixty eighth competitive match of the season, which was quite incredible considering all the competitions that we played in and uh, you know the fact that we got to the uh, the you know the UEFA Cup final and stuff but it was the Scottish Cup final the 24th of May 2008 where we played Queen of the South the Rangers team that day was uh, Alexander in goal Stephen Whitaker Carlos Queller David Weir Sasa Papach Lee McCulloch Barry Ferguson Kevin Thompson Demarcus Beasley who hadn't played for he'd been out injured for so long he was back for his sort of first game in the last game of the season Chris Boyd and Jean-Claude Darcheville on the bench for Rangers Steve Davis uh, we also had John Fleck Smith Christian Daly and McMillan. Like I said, it was uh, Beasley's first game in about six months for Rangers who'd missed uh, out for us. The Queen of the South team, a couple of players that have been in Scottish football for a long time, McDonald, McCann, Thompson, Aitken, Harris, McQuilkin, McFarlane, Steve Tosh, Burns, uh, Stephen Doby and O'Connor. So I got a couple of journeyman players there that have been playing for a long time. Uh, you know, we, we had lost the league in the UEFA Cup uh, in the space two weeks just that we came in to play that game. Queen of the South hadn't played a game in four weeks, uh, so it showed you how, how the season sort of panned out for both teams. So, But in the third minute, there was an early booking for Lee McCulloch after a very late challenge. There really wasn't much to report at all in the first 20 minutes. Rangers team did look a bit jaded at that point with the amount of games that they'd played and players being out. So, so, so no real chances. Rangers were really needing something 
to, to wake them up. But then in the 23rd minute, it was a chance for Rangers. Thompson hits a half volley just wide from outside of the box. 24th minute, first real chance of the game. Ball through to Chris Boyd, who stays on side, runs to the edge, passes inside to Beasley, who shoots high over the bar. Really should have scored there. 26 minute dash for wins a header in the box back to Beasley in the left wing he puts a cross into Chris Boyd who stoops and heads over again another great chance for Boyd if he'd have just a hit maybe his, uh, his foot instead his head uh, but still 0-0 uh, 32nd minute uh, Beasley fouled outside the box and that is what led to Rangers first goal it's going to be up here for Chris Boyd It's a free kick. Barry Ferguson lays the ball off to Chris Boyd, who absolutely smashes it into the top corner. Tremendous goal. It was Alberts-esque the way that he hit it. Absolutely fantastic strike for Rangers to put them 1-0 up at that stage. Then in the 38th minute, a chance for Cooney of the South as Tosh races clear, but quick thinking by Alexander. He races out and managed to save at the feet of Tosh and keep it still 1-0. And then just before half-time, Rangers get their second goal of the game. And Thompson and McCann have missed it. Beasley, 2-0. Demarcus Beasley, who missed a great chance when it was nil-nil, was making no mistake here. Just a lack of communication between Jim Thompson and Ryan McCann. Some bread and butter clearance this. Why I'm not so back into the mix. Thompson's coming on to McCann has to get himself out of the way. And Beasley's got time to get his head up and just use the inside of his foot. Gets a little bit fortunate if he's under Jamie McDonald. But Ryan McCann has to allow Jim Thompson to come and head that the way he's facing. And looking at that replay, Jimmy McDonald should do much better. The ball was played into the Queen's box. It was headed away and then back into the defence. A bit of a mix-up. The ball falls to Demarcus Beasley, who rifles the shot home to make it 2-0 to Rangers. So great for him coming back into the team after being out for so long and getting a goal at that stage that we thought could possibly be the winner of the, the cup for us. But uh, we were wrong at that stage because in the second half, Rangers really did think they were cruising, but Queen of the South came right back into it on the 50th minute. Doobie into the path here of O'Connor. And he's got away from Quayon, a goal! Stevie Tosh has Queen of the South back into this final. But O'Connor does absolutely brilliantly. I'm just surprised he doesn't go down here as his challenge from Quayon. Decided to stay in his feet and totally justified. Once he gets in here, he needs a midfield runner. And once again, it's Stevie Tosh. I don't know what part of the anatomy he's going with, but it's incidental. Could have been right back in the game. Dobie beats Stephen Whitaker into the box. 
Carlos Queller with a really sort of soft tackle. You know, the ball, the ball ends up going across the face of the goal and bundled in to make it two-one. So Queen of the South coming right back in, and that really did spur them on because only three minutes later, incredibly, they got their equaliser. Harris takes the free kick in towards Thompson. Unbelievable! Thirty-seven-year-old. Thompson, the Queen of the South skipper, levels it up at 2-2 with a thumping header. It was a free kick for the right wing, right into the box, and then a towering header from Thompson, their captain, into the top corner. Alexander had absolutely no chance. It was a great goal. And then, you know, that was Queen of the South back into the game, 2-2. And with the way that the Rangers were playing, we thought it was possibly going to be a, a bit of a nightmare for us. Uh, but that was possibly the wee sort of kick, kick up the bum that Rangers were needing because after that, it was just all Rangers. So two minutes later, a great chance for Rangers. Beasley crossing for the left, head at the Boyd in front of the goal. But a last-ditch clearance managed to get the ball away. And then on the 72nd minute, thankfully, Rangers got themselves back in front. Again with the Rangers corner. I've got the heads and in. Rangers back in front. Chris Boyd finding room. And his powerful close range header giving Jamie McDonald no chance. That's a super header. Because he doesn't really get one of this Chris Boyd. He's up off the back foot. I just wonder if the ball's long enough in the air for Jimmy McDonald to come off his line and try and get something on that. And when he does it, he's relying on his, his defenders. And Boyd, from a standing start, gets up magnificently. It was Beasley with a corner from the right-hand side. It was curled in right in front of the goalkeeper. And there was Boyd. Hardly had to jump. and He just batters the header past the goalkeeper to make it 3 to, to Rangers 76 minute Beasley comes off Davis comes on then the 84th minute Darshville on the left hand side he cuts in and fires a shot just over the bar really unlucky there that was his last uh, play of the game he came off and John Fleck was on and in the 88th minute last chance Boyd races for the ball he gets tackled and he's that's uh, <laughs> the sort of talking point he, he gets tackled but completely wipes the linesman out on the side of the park which which was hilarious. The linesman went right up both both feet in the air. Uh, but again, Boyd, just after that, he had another chance just outside the box. The ball played across the face uh, at the edge of the box by uh, Barry Ferguson to Boyd. He hits a shot, but straight into the arms of the goalkeeper. So unlucky not to score there. But full-time whistle then blue and Rangers had won the cup. It was a very, very hard-fought victory, a game that we all thought were going to cruise, but fair play to Queen of the South, they made a great game of it, and it was Walter Smith's 15th trophy as Rangers manager, which is quite incredible as well for him, just as we're talking about Walter uh, earlier on. So, an absolutely excellent way to end a season for uh, Rangers being disappointed that we just lost out in the league, and of course the disappointment of the Europa League final so uh, that's how that one ended so if you get a chance to go back and watch it please do it was a, a classic cup final there that we, you know, we got to see in the sunshine I was there at Hamden that day and uh, you know certainly memorable and just pleased that we managed to end the season on a high like that so uh, you know like I say if you get a chance to watch it please go back and do so Just typical Rangers no doing things the easy way isn't it and, and working our hearts out 
Certainly, yeah. It was, uh, as I say, but to, to be fair to Queen of the South, you know, they, they, they got their two quick goals and they were right back in it, but just pleased that we were able to sort of up the gear and, and show a bit of quality for the rest of the half to make sure we went out and won it there. So, uh, no, good, great stuff. I absolutely love games like that. When you support a team like Rangers, it, it, as we all know, your fans expect them to win every game. Right? And we're, we're rarely the underdogs, certainly obviously domestically. And everyone, everyone that, that, that likes sport, watches any type of sport, loves an underdog story. And when you're watching it, think for the, the guys that have come up for, for Dumfries up to Glasgow for the day to watch their team in a cup final. Half-time, they're 2-0 down, they're feeling dejected. Um, this is they're playing the best team in the country at that point who have just uh, you know reached a, a major European final um, and then they come back into the game they, they, they draw level and they're thinking they're sitting there thinking this is it we're going to turn this around we, we are going to beat the mighty Rangers and win the Scottish Cup unbelievable what an underdog story what a comeback for a team like Queen of the South and then to think no, fuck yous, back in your place, cut yours, <laughs> we're Rangers, right? We are the fucking people. Superb, I absolutely love games like that. See, the thing about that season, and I'm sure I've heard, as I said it before, is 2008 is seen as a disappointing season, but we still won the domestic cup double that, that yeah. year. Yeah. So that's, I think, what everybody forgets about. And, you know, I think you look at last year, we would have bit your hand off for the domestic cup double. So. I know. That was back when there were Diddy Cups, mind you, wasn't it? It's, uh, it's, it's quite incredible when you go back and think, as I say, that was a 68th competitive match that Rangers had played that season, which is incredible. The amount, if you look back, the amount of injuries that we had was unbelievable. I mean, it seemed coming to the end of that season that there was more and more players every single week were out. And, you know, Walter went out and, and brought in some players on loan. And it's just, you know, I, I know it's hindsight, but, you know, to, to, to have, you know, if, if, you'd, if they'd have known what they'd have known then, just even to bring in, you know, another two experienced sort of players on loan or, you know, in, into the team would have made such a huge difference to us and who knows where it could have ended, uh, you know, because the players just seem to be, you know, crocked all the time and playing through injuries and stuff like that. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of them that they will always go back and think, you know, what could, could have happened in, uh, you know, going uh, with Stephen Gerrard at, at the helm just now. I'm hoping and praying that that's not the only time that we'll be in a major European Cup final. Here's hoping. So now we'll go into the news. So a few bits and pieces to cover and I think it's pertinent to start with this one as Rangers have issued an apology to the victims of child abuse. comes around four weeks after the SFA report was published. We stated that we were taking our time to consider the report's lengthy findings and I mean apparently there was 190 odd pages. Yeah. As, as I said at the time when the, the report got um, released is that I think our quick response would have sounded empty and I think if we had said at the time we're taking our time to consider it and in the first few days or weeks then I can see how people would try and spin that so my personal opinion they're quite right just to keep stooming and and find and, and consider it I hope that the club now are taking steps to help any of the victims that were linked to us as I said before the the report highlighted only one person that was involved I think we all know who that was and there was feelings of another club as well who never never dealt with it properly and that he ended up signing on for us so uh, I just hope that things are getting sorted out from from that point of view 
it's not a close case by any means and it's not going to go away um, and it certainly will be ongoing for a, a number of a number of years, I can imagine. The, the English report had just been released, I think it was today, and uh, I think that was 700 or 900 odd pages. They had a much bigger scope, I think, as well, and they had a much bigger issue and a lot more victims to consider and a lot more um, accounts to take in. So uh, I know that certainly the, there is links from one club to, to the English stuff as well, but we'll just need to wait and see with that in due course. But certainly good on the club there. Yeah, I, I was pleased that the club did, did that, Derek. They spoke out and exactly what, what you said there, a very sort of quick response might have been seen as sort of quick. I, we, we really didn't care about what's going on and, uh, you know, we're just going to get, you know, pass the st- statement out without actually, you know, putting any feeling in it. So I thought it was it was very, very well done by the club. And it certainly put to rights a few things that we keep getting thrown back back at us by certain clubs as well. So, you know, I was pleased that the club did, did that in uh, great timing as well. Yes, and uh, it was an actual apology. Um, you know, yeah. it was uh, it was a proper apology. They took the time, they considered that, and they, they gave a proper apology and also spoke about, you know, what, what, what can be done to prevent things like this happening again in the future. Because no, for, for the best world in the world, no, organisation or institution or anything that is, is immune to these horrific things happening. But the important thing is to recognise that this has happened. There's people whose lives have been ruined as victims. You've got to, you've got to accept it's happened, put out the apology and not only that, it's not just empty words, it's saying, right, what can we do to work towards things like this not happening again? Yeah. Yeah. So, Moving on as, as best we can from that, um, right after the title was confirmed on the Sunday, we launched our Champions 55 edition of our home kit with the Rangers and Castor badge in gold, as well as Champions 55 2021 in the middle. £65, initial tranche of 10000 made, I'm not too sure if there's going to be any more, all sold out within hours. So if you think about that, £650,000 revenue just in a couple of hours. Absolutely mental. Uh, we've also rolled out another 50, uh, a bunch of other merchandise for, uh, related to 55, ranging from chocolate bars to whiskey. So, <laughs> um, you know, we're getting the tat in, involved anyway. But I mean, that's the thing. Castor spent about £250,000 upgrading the Ibrox store. That has been nearly trebled back just in that one revenue tranche right there from the from the tops. I mean, that's the money that can be made when we're successful and when you're dealing with Rangers fans. Something Mike actually never understood, and I'm so glad we've got a proper company doing something proper with us now. And D- Derek, what you've got to remember is that's in a pandemic when all the shops are closed. Could you imagine if the new store in Glasgow that they've opened as well as the, the superstore at the stadium were packed full of stuff and the fans could go in and buy it. I've got no doubt whatsoever that that would be completely sold out as well as all the stuff that they've you know they've been selling online on top of that. So I think that the club really need to try and get more of this stuff out as soon as possible because I think as soon as the sort of realisation of the shops can be opened, they would get all of these sold and make an absolute packet. So... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping they don't miss the boat in that one. On the back of your pandemic point as well, obviously this is a time where, where people are, are uh, had their wages cut if they're on furlough or, or lost their jobs altogether. Um, and people are still fucking it money hand over fist to, 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 to buy this uh, this stuff. You know, um, stick, a, stick a, a, a Rangers badge on it, 
um, stick a 55 on it, do, put it in gold, and, and I'll, I'll fucking buy it. Do you know what I mean? So um, it, it, it's there and it's great. And it's, like you say, it's another another revenue stream for the club yep. out, out of this, this merch. Some people have referred to it as tat, which I, I don't I don't agree with that whatsoever. Um, but uh, oh, it's, aye, it's, it, it's been great. And, and, and the fans have, have, have uh, lined up in, in, in our droves, haven't we, to, 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 to buy stuff to commemorate this uh, historic world record league title. Exactly. It's it's high class tat. <laughs> <laughs> this next story here will um resonate more with uh, with you, Ewan, than than it does with Dave, but WWE superstar Drew McIntyre has dedicated a custom WWE championship belt with Rangers badges and champions twenty twenty one on the side plates. So I'm not sure if it's just a mock up uh, a mock up image or it's actually been commissioned. I really hope it's been commissioned because that will look absolute cracking in the trophy room. And uh, Triple H on the back of that congratulated us as well. I mean, Dave, it means nothing to you, but the exposure that that's getting us as well, folk will be thinking from America, who the fuck are Glasgow Rangers, you know, and they'll be looking and, oh, right, that's what they are. And maybe on the back of Drew McIntyre doing that and Triple H now, maybe maybe start to follow us from America now. Well, if there is any... um Americans listening who who have stumbled upon this podcast and are sitting there wondering um, who are Glasgow Rangers then I, I just to answer your question America we are the people <laughs> um, and also you, you were asking you're not sure if it's just a mock-up or if they've actually commissioned it I, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually commissioned it because um, they do that all the time even like teams win the Super Bowl and like their, their other their, the NBA finals or the Whatever the other made up sports they have over there, the baseball and the the, <laughs> the ice skating, hockey, and all that, they, they they do tend to make up like kind of like custom title belts with the 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 team's badge or logos on it and stuff. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there has actually been one uh, no. one made. Because it is just the side plates, and all the side plates are interchangeable, aye. so that it is just fairly easy to do, and it's a standard championship belt. So um, I that'll be fantastic in the trophy room if we, if we ever get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another thing as part of the, the celebrations fallout, Gerard done an exclusive interview with ITV to basically state that um, so the fans to stay at home. To me, it looked as if all throughout it, he wanted to tell the government to shut the fuck up and let us celebrate. However, he basically also confirmed that he will not be leaving as Liverpool fans don't want him and they want Klopp. That's on the back of speculation that Klopp will, will, would have been going to the German national job after the Euros. Uh, the German national coach has has confirmed he'll be leaving after the Euros um, but Klopp has said that's not going to be happening so um, you can tell from the interviews that Gerrard's done since winning the title uh, it means the world to him winning the title and he clearly loves it here so the way he's he's talked he's going nowhere for the foreseeable which is obviously great it is is great Ewan and as I say I think he's a man of standards and he's He's, he knows he's built something special here and he knows what the club has been through and he knows exactly, you know, the direction he wants us to go. And he, he'll be desperate for us to get into the Champions League and him be the manager of us in the Champions League as well. And for him, you know, being such a young manager to do that, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be people all, all over the world will be, be watching us just because of Steven Gerrard, people that haven't had anything to do with Rangers before, but, but are fans. I mean, it's a huge stage for him. 
And if he can get us in the Champions League and, and, and winning games, I mean, that's an incredible feat considering where the club have been. You know, the league that we play in, the amount of money that's that's that, that's on the go, I'm sure there would be a lot of clubs out there that would be desperate for, for him to be the manager. But I could only ever see him really leaving for one club and that would be Liverpool. And it's understandable, but I don't think that we've got anything to worry about for a long time, Derek. So, uh, no, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it and uh, just really pleased that he's our manager and everything he's done for us. I, I mean, Nenis are daft. I mean, I don't think um, there'll be one single Rangers fan that that, that doesn't know that if his uh, his career keeps going on the trajectory it's going, then one day, of course, he will go to Liverpool and he will be their manager. Um, but you know, for the time being, if he's wanting Champions League football, then he'll stay at Rangers because he's not going to get a lot of the visit because they're having an absolute <laughs> shocking season. Um, but, um, aye, no, I mean, from, from from the moment he came on board, you know, you knew oh, if he's successful here one day, there's a chance Liverpool will come knocking and he'll go. But I, I don't think, um, I don't think that time's going to go to be happening in the in the immediate future anyway. No. On that kind of similar vein, um, Sky have apparently been grumbling that they've not had any exclusive interviews with us. Um, we're clearly playing the shithousery game as we've mm-hmm. done interviews with just about everyone else but Sky. But really the point is, just because you get the 10-minute preview doesn't mean you get the full bongo just because you pay for Sky. So, No, I think that the, the, the club have played a blinder here as well. And, you know, I, I don't know if you were going to be talking about the BBC thing as well, Derek. We, we all know the, the, the issues that, that we've had with them. So uh, I think it's been it's been excellent. And, you know, they're absolutely <laughs> raging with us as well. But uh, so what? It's... Uh, you know that's what the, the you know we've chosen to do that way, and I, I think the club, as you self, have played a blinder there. I, I think when it comes to the BBC, it's, it's very clear what will have happened. The, the the real the real BBC in London will have been sent to their um, their, their their outpost BBC up in, in Glasgow. <laughs> um, uh, are you are you going along? Um, I take it to get some interviews with world famous um, football legend Stephen Gerrard about his accomplishment and the accomplishment for the Glasgow Rangers and, and the, the story and what they've been through and uh, that um, baldy wee wank will be like uh, well see, uh, about that actually um, normally I have to stand across the road uh, if Brooks will want to talk about Rangers and aye so aye, mean, everyone wants to face us now you mean that highly esteemed journalist from BBC Scotland just it's, it's a farce it's exactly what you've said Ewan they've seen it for, for for what it is they want to know exactly what's going on and now they're uh, they're trying to reach out they try and make amends as to what's happened but uh, we'll go wait and see what's happened my problem with it is is unless there's a clear out from top to bottom of BBC Scotland then absolutely fuck them because Ultimately, if they're getting told by their bosses they've got to do it, well, they were they were no happy to do it unless they were getting told by their bosses. So they're still going to have this sneering, you know, attitude toward, towards us. So unless they all get to fuck, I'm no interested, and I hope the club take that same stance as well. 
It's. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think it's a, a lot of it's came from. Apparently, Steve Davis did an interview with BBC Northern Ireland. So I don't know if, if, if maybe that's what's going to happen in the future. That there'll be exclusive, you know, in, in, interviews with counterparts in England and the no- Northern Ireland that work for the BBC rather than BBC Scotland. And that to me would be an even bigger slap in the face to BBC Scotland if that was the case. I would absolutely love that to happen. The fact that they're going to give an, an interviews to the BBC, but not to anybody that works for BBC Scotland that would be absolutely brilliant if that did happen like that Tune in for an exclusive interview with Alfredo Morelos on BBC <laughs> World Service Exactly <laughs> uh, When we're on the subject to, to BBC Scotland I'm very much looking forward to that high pitched, squeaky voiced prick of a commentator that will use the phrase the champions yeah. at any opportunity when commentating on a certain team's games uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the, I couldn't the even tears tell you rolling what, down his face and the I lump couldn't in even, his throat. I couldn't even tell you what the guy's name is, Ewan, but I know exactly the guy Aye. that you're talking about. So, uh, Aye, so it, when he's commentating yep. on our games next season on Sports Scene, he'll be like, hey, the, the champion. <laughs> <laughs> next story here, there's, there was further rumours that Jimmy Bell was retiring as well. Uh, furthered with the fact that we had hired a 35-year-old uh, former Morton player Jim McAllister to work alongside Bell in logistics. Rangers issued a caption on Twitter stating Bell is going nowhere. So yeah. an absolute cult hero. He's seen and done it all at uh, Rangers. Uh, he really needs to write a book, doesn't he? Definitely. And what a book that would be, Derek. I'm sure he's got some quite incredible stories. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, no, g- great to hear, I think, uh, Jimmy Bell will be there until he's done his last breath. Eh? I don't think he's the type of guy that'll, that 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 would walk away for that job. So he's uh, he's he's uh, there with the foundations of the uh, of the club, isn't he? So uh, absolutely delighted because uh, he is a really really a popular guy with it with the players in there, and you, you know he's he's known extremely fondly by all, all us bears out there as well. So brilliant. I and obviously it's. Uh... It's clear the influence he has on, on the club and the players because for Ross Wilson's comments, uh, was it yesterday or the day before, we were talking about Alfie uh, suddenly being able to speak English and, and he's been singing all of our, our songs in perfect English. Um, <laughs> I, I can only assume it's Jimmy Bell that's been teaching him the words. Yeah, so, um, ah, it's fantastic. What, 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 what a man. It was great to see the smile on his face peeking out the, the dressing yeah. room window last Saturday and all. Yeah. Next story here, Patrick Harvey, that specky wee egged prick from the, the green branch of the, the SMP, has called for football to be scrapped and remain closed during lockdown. It's really just another case of these self-entitled elitist wankers that have no sense of the working class <laughs> and who he's supposed to represent. I mean, football literally will have probably saved hundreds of people's lives, if yeah. not thousands, during the last year. Football has kept a lot of people going, uh, especially Rangers fans this year. Um, it's probably ended a few Celtics for Celtics hopes anyway but um, I, I just like how can you come away and say shit like that it's, it's just completely nonsense and I'm fed up with these idiots sitting on their perches that think they know better and they think they know the working class they know fuck all Aye. No, like a lot of the, the, the attacks on Rangers is for the anti-Rangers people and you think right that's to be expected but when, when it comes to, to folk who are like no just anti-Rangers which is sort of anti anti-football in general I've got all this shit to say and you're right there's this sort of sneering down uh, on football for for these people and it's just like sheer 
classist snobbery um, for, for, when it comes to football. And um, I just, it baffles me that folk vote for these people. <laughs> it really does. Next story here, the COVID-5 of Patterson, Bassey, Zungu, Kinnear and Mabudi have finally been charged by the SFA. Uh, the hearing's the 25th of March, kind of expecting a seven-game ban for them each. Anything other than that, and I'm sure they'll try to use the excuse that we've had previous players do this, so they need to get a bigger ban, but we'll see what happens. Um, they've taken long enough to charge them. I don't know what the hell that was yeah. all about. Um, I know that the, the compliance officer has, has left, but that's not stopped stopped the uh, con- compliance issues going going forward and, and fast-tracked as well. Yeah. The last story here, I do want to kind of cover this, but the union bears, for all the good they can do, they don't have to shoot themselves in the foot a lot. They put out a picture of a graffiti trailer with the ACAB logo as well. Quite rightly, there was a backlash from, from our fans and it prompted them an hour later to release a statement detailing the intimidation tactics of the police by doorstepping, them, doorstepping their members, one of them apparently seven times, and making sure that they don't go to the old firm game and then threaten them with uh, going to their place of work. I mean, firstly, the whole ACAB thing is an absolute disgrace. Many bears are cops for a start. Secondly, a statement, really... I mean, I think they get too wrapped up in their own self-importance for too often. I think that was proven a couple of seasons ago when they decided to boycott or not sing uh, because they weren't getting their way about the, the seating. Thirdly, if you're going to do anything to get on the police radar, then you're going to get doorstepped eventually. And apparently it was happening to the Green Brigade as well, the, 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 their own members. I mean, let the Green Brigade be moral crusaders and make, let them make arses of themselves with this ACEB shite. At the end of the day, the, the week previously, the cops were very fair at our celebrations, considering that people shouldn't have even been out in the first place. Factor that in with the, the fact that there was a high-profile murder involving a, a cop and it resulted in riots down south as well. Football is unfairly treated in this country absolutely we know that but ultimately do you not t- take a step back and think it's treated unfairly because of moronic behaviour like this and nothing will change until you, you root out this moronic behaviour as well We've spoke about the Union Bears before Derek and I do think that they're a hell of a lot of good especially for, you know inside the stadium and stuff like that. I'm not going to take that away from them, I just cannot be bothered with all of the the statements and the you know the the the, the ultras uh, stance you know that that's brought on because of groups like this as well i was quite t- taken aback and then you know eventually you know i seen you know the back the, the, the backlash on twitter but a lot of the, the the people that were trying to defend it as well you know the it, it seemed to be you know, the type of statements that you would expect for like a 15-year-old boy. Do, do you know what I mean? It was it was quite incredible. I, I don't know. I, I was disappointed big time because, you know, we do, we, we all know police officers in some way, shape or form. And, you know, loads of them are Rangers fans out there. And I've seen it all. I just think it was really sort of classless, you know, that it came out and... You know that there are other ways of being able to voice your opinion without going down that route as well. So I mean, I was really disappointed by it as well, Derek. I really was. I see see statements like that when uh, when you seen what our, our detractors were calling for for last week, wanting the police to to go in with batons out and riot shields and water cannons and all that. If that's 
what you want our fans to, to to face the next time we gather on mass then talking like that and having that sort of attitude and releasing those sort of statements and that's how you go about getting that um it's just it's just baffling it's just i it's crazy and uh, but quite rightly a lot of a lot of people didn't they sort of toe the line with the the union bears and said well actually no hang on a minute didn't agree with what you're saying there at all or you're uh, your ACAB nonsense. Yeah, it, was, it, it certainly d- d- divided opinion amongst the fans, and I, you know, I don't think that that is what you know they really should, should be doing. It's something that we, we should all be singing off the same hymn sheet, you know, as as supporters of the club. And it's it's the one thing about being a Rangers fan that will never ever change. There's always factions. I'm sure it was David uh, Ed, 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 Edgar that said, you know, if you were to put twelve. Rangers fans on a desert island, you know, the next again day there would be 13 Rangers supporters associations, you know what I mean? It's, it's there, but it is, it's, it's disappointing and it's now been a talking point, a negative to talking point between the fans at a time where we should all be rejoicing, you know, we should all be, you know, common in our celebrations and I think it's bought a, a sour note on it, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, I think that summed it up perfectly there. So, this is normally the stage where we have some dodgy story, Dave, but this one was too hilarious to pass up because they went full Sevco and uh, the banter years baton has been officially passed over, hasn't it? Go for it, Derek. Come on. I I mean, the the tweet that they put out is just, (laughs) wow. I I mean, I think to a man, we all had to take a double take at their tweet just to make sure it was from the real account. And it was on the back of Parks Letter where he, he mentioned the other half meaning Celtic, the tweet was put out from an iPhone as well, it wasn't even you know, a desktop, so it's clearly somebody disgruntled oh shit, I better do something but it's quite funny that the, the Celtic fans were saying, oh no, it was about Nicola Sturgeon referencing the, the, the halves uh, yeah, it was not, never about that at all, and they put out we're not half of anything, not our problem, hashtag one club since 1888 I mean, so- how fucking tinpot I mean, as usual, completely reactionary <laughs> to what we're doing. And what's even better is oh. that the co-trademarked the old firm and the old firm jointly with us six days prior to putting that tweet out. Aye. It, it, it was a to- total embarrassment and a fucking tweet on their part. Um, and the fact that their idiot fucking fans will eat that up. <laughs> They'll be sitting there reading that tweet having a wee wank and thinking like, <laughs> yes, they are, you're right, there's no, there's no club when your club died and here we go, ten or, uh, well, ten or next season. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they're just, it's clearly, obviously, Celtic are thinking, well, hold on, who are we going to get in for a manager next season? And fucking season book renewals are due out soon and uh, 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 how are we going to get the fans back on side? Ah, okay, we'll do, we'll do a, right, a right fucking save code tweet. It was just, it was hilarious, absolutely hilarious, and I, I, I know there'll be some of them, no doubt, listening if they've, if they've made it this far, um, but I enjoy your fucking banter years, you absolute cretins. It was, it, I, as you say, Derek, uh, you, we, we had to look twice, and I actually read it at least eight times, because at the start, I was like, what is this all about? What, what is it they're trying to say? And 
I, I still couldn't get it. And I thought, it, it looks as if it's just a very, very poor attempt at a cheap swipe. And that's exactly what, what it was. And it's, as you said quite rightly there, Ewan, is to try and appease their supporters. And I know that they will have a lot of extremely gullible fans out there. I really hope that they, you know that they have fans out there that are really embarrassed by this as well. And, you know, be doing their dinger to the club because they have got so many problems coming. They've got so so much of a re- rebuild job to do right from the top to the bottom that, you know, this is the type of thing that, that they've got to do. It's, it's quite, it was incredible, embarrassing, cringy, and for us it was just absolutely hilarious, wasn't it? I mean, they think that it's, you know, it's hurting us by saying your deed, you died in 2012 and you're, you know, a brand new club. I was well done for a nine-year-old club. They actually think that it hurts us or actually bothers us. That's all they've got left now. Yep. And that's the best of it. Mm-hmm. See if they had won their, their fabled 10 in a row, well, 9.75 in a, in a yeah. row, then... You know, they, they could laud that over us and you'd be like, right, that's fair enough, it was a sporting thing, blah, blah, blah. But all they've got left is utter lies and bullshit and it's hilarious. What not to be outdone, by the way, is their fans started a petition for the club to, to stop <laughs> using Parks co- coaches. <laughs> I mean, these geniuses are meant to be business experts, according to all the tax stuff that they knew about us. Do they not actually realise that their club have likely done due diligence and and made sure Parks were one the best company and two the most cost effective? So if you want to make sure your club are spending more money with a shittier company, fucking go ahead. That's fucking no, amazing. They're no financial experts, Derek. That they're only tax experts, mate. So I mean, that's that that's way way over their heads. You know, if 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 you're talking about the finances of the club, they're only all experts on you know uh, tax issues when it comes to clubs and Royal Blue. That's that's basically all, all it is. But it's it's just it's it's incredible and it's just brilliant just now for us to see them in absolute you know plummeting to the depths that even you know their social media tries to take you know whoever's in charge of their, their social media tries and fails at a cheap shot is just it's, it's just absolutely hilarious. And then as you say on top of that for them to be outed almost instantly with the fact that they've you, you, you know the the, the old firm <laughs> has been has, has been renewed you know it was it was just absolutely hilarious for us and just another another highlight for this season for us it really was okay. oh, all that stuff like you say that it's all just comfort blankets for them things to help them sleep at night things they can tell themselves to just try and make themselves feel a wee bit better about, about the fact that uh, we are back on top. Um, and I think they know we, we intend to stay on top. Um, and they've got a long way to go if they uh, if they want to give us a fight. Exactly. So, on that note, that wraps up the podcast. It's been a fantastic podcast, the Championship podcast. Uh, it's the first one that's that. Oh, don't say that. Um, it's it's been <laughs> immense and it's just a lot of laughs, and I can't wait till next season. <laughs> basically, it's- but. And the fact, Derek, that we've got so much, I mean, we said it on on the reaction pod, we've got so much more football still to play, and quite, you know like I said already tonight the biggest game of the season for me so it's not as if we're you know that that's that's all finished we've still got so many big games to come so 
you know, I'm I'm just I'm so looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to to the game the night, and it's just it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's uh, the biggest biggest game game of the week for us. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the game the night, um, but I know everything that's going on just now is brilliant. I'm I'm delighted for everyone that's that's a Rangers fan, and I know there there, there tends to be a, a bit of a a hierarchy amongst some uh, some fans about. Oh well, I, I do this, and you know you're not as good a support as me, and all that stuff. But I didn't care about any of that, honestly. See, see if someone just decided the day we won the title, Kim, what I'm going to be a Rangers fan today. Brilliant, you're a Rangers fan now. Like you, you've picked us, you're one of us. Join in, pile on, you know, pile the misery on the other half, and uh, and just enjoy every minute of this. Unless they started off as a smelly wee Tim, of course. Ah. <laughs> um, Fuck them, but um, <laughs> no. But uh, 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 seriously, it's like uh, I was there when we were, you know, doing things, and I went to every game, and I'm, I'm there, and and I, you know, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you put in the club, how long you supported us, whatever. We're all fans of the same club. We're all loving this the new, um, and uh, I just want everyone to keep enjoying it, and uh, I just. What a fantastic time it's been! It's, it's it's monumental, and that's what we should all, all all remember. There is no other club in the world has went through what we've went through. There's no other set of fans in the world that's went through what we've went through. It's been rammed down our throats that we uh, should be preparing for. 20 years, uh, you know, their dominance and, you know, will never come close for Steven Gerrard to come in in the space of two two years, deliver us the league title and a record-breaking time, you know, that that, that we've done it. If, you know, if if you'd have said to us that this time last year, uh, by March you'll be undefeated and you'll be league champions, we would have thought that you were on and crack cocaine. It's just it's, it's been incredible, and uh, you know we, sh- we should really just enjoy every single setting. That is, it's just absolutely fantastic. Yep. So as ever, you can go to our website, which is iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com, and there you can find all the other stuff that we do. So until the next time, it might be next week, it might be the week after. I'm not too sure. We've got obviously the old firm game coming up, so um, we'll, we'll see what what that takes us. I'll be back with another reaction pod after this. Um, well, this will be the the game will have already started probably by the time we get this one out. So it'll be a reaction pod out for the Slavia game and also the the Celtic game when it comes. But just think, we're only five games away from a UEFA final. Exactly, mate. That's exactly that's the positivity that that, that we love on this show. That's that's what, that's what we're going for. Start off with a you know a resounding victory tonight. And then, uh, uh, you know, we can look forward to, to the next round. That uh, really, you know, for, for us to get through, Stephen Gerrard said today it would be monumentous for us to get into the quarterfinals. And I really don't care, you know, if, if we get there, I wouldn't care who, who we were playing. It was just, it's, it's going to be tremendous. I'm, I'm so looking forward to it. Yes, absolutely. I've still got my fingers crossed that we get to spank one of the, the English teams and whether it's the next round or the final, the, the Europa League. Um, because that is my pet hate is fans of English clubs on, on Twitter going oh, but it's uh, a so farmers league and uh, 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 you, you, you'd be like a mid-table uh, uh, championship at best if you played in England at that no I, I honestly want to want to gub whether it's Spurs or Arsenal or, or, or Man United in, in one of the, the subsequent rounds um, so I bring it on uh, up the hubris and uh, you know 
we're the people, and I, I can't wait, and I'll, I'll come back on when we when we do the the champions uh, <laughs> of the Europa League podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thanks for listening, and goodbye. Bye, folks. Good night. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go.